Trash Can TV's Rhyme Time. Yeah, buddy. Rolling like a big shot. Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR pit stop. Fresh paint job. Check. Fresh inside. Check. Is the outside frame in the trunk wide? Yes. Are the rims big? What? Do it right good. Yeah. Lean back right hand on the pine wood. Check. I like my beat down low. Down low. Down low. And my top let back. Let back. Let back. You see me riding 24s with the chopper on the back. Pull up. Drink. Headshot. Drink. Sit down. Drink. Stand up. Drink. Pass out. Drank, wake up, drank, faded, drank, faded. I'm so hood, I wear my pants below my waist. When I dance up in his place, Union Man is planning to hate. I'm so hood, and I have these gold up in my mouth. If you get close to my house, then you know what I'm talking about. I'm so hood. If you feel me, put your hands up. Hood. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Well, buddy, we're on episode 42, right? Episode 42. Here we are. 42. 10 more weeks to a year. Yeah, man. It's crazy. 10 weeks flies by pretty quick. And hey, we just want to shout out all of our listeners, those in Kansas, those in Los Angeles, those, of course, in Texas, Washington, D.C., Iowa, Nebraska, Ohio, uh, Milwaukee, Chicago, Illinois, and also to our international listeners, those in Australia, those in Malaysia, Japan, India, France, London, Ireland, and hey, we have people in Spain listening. So if you are listening, thank you so much. And hey, guess what? We have the Dwarf Wrestling video edited, and it should be dropping sometime this week, or if it hasn't already dropped whenever this episode drops. Heck yeah, you don't want to miss that. It's a great video. It's, it's really awesome. All right. We are going to jump into our very first segment, which is the Old Fashioned Donut, which is a story from our past, or as we've been doing recently, people from our past. Now, yes, I know that you're like, oh, man, you're going to do another Boot Corral episode. Yes, we are, because we have so many interesting people from the Boot Corral. Uh, this is Boot Corral Part 5, and one of the guys that used to work at the Boot Corral We'll call him a uh, rich boy because he was a very wealthy kid. He was, I don't know what his parents did, but he had money and he did not really need to be working at the boot corral. Yeah, we kind of didn't like him as salesmen because we worked strictly off commission. And this guy, he literally had all the money in the world. In fact, he was working the holiday season and that is where as a salesman you made your money. And he was known that he was going to work that season and all the money he collected was going to go to charity, which nice on him, don't get me wrong. However, um, he also had a way of stepping in people's way and stealing customers and things. So a lot of the money that he made was cheating other people out of money, and that's not very cool. Yeah, and we his actual last name was Siegmund, and we used to call him something. I'm not going to tell you what we called him because this is a family-friendly show. But just imagine removing the G, and there you go. That's what we called him, uh, Siegmund. Uh, but uh, funny enough, I had told him my name like three times, right? So I told him that my name was Chris, and he kept calling me Scott for some reason. And about after the third time, I stopped correcting him, and I just let him call me Scott. So he called me Scott for a good six months. And then one day, he came back there and called me Scott, and the people in the back were just laughing. And I think someone asked him, he was like, why do you call him Scott? And he was like, that's his name, right? And uh, 
they're like, no, his name's Chris. And he was like, man, you should have told me. He's like, I've been calling you Scott this whole time. And I was like, well, bro, like I tried to correct you the first three times and you just never got it. So I just let him call me Scott for that time. Yeah. And he, he would do some things, man. And I mean, one of the things he would do, he'd try to be really nice with people and he would buy everybody like Starbucks gift card. It'd be funny because he would like wrong everybody, right? Like he would steal everybody's customers. He'd be like the number one salesman for that day. And then he'd buy everybody like a Starbucks gift card and everybody would be... Um, I guess happy with him again, but um, I guess this next story kind of segues into our next character, but also involves old rich boy. He so rich boy had a friend, and this friend we will call Cracky because he had a little addiction problem, and so. The thing is, he he always didn't have a problem. I when he first started Boot Corral, I didn't I don't think he had a problem. He didn't seem like he was that kind of guy. He seemed pretty hardworking and whatnot. But then after a while, he was started getting kind of. Eh. Well, how much was it, Chris? He he borrowed from from old rich boy. Like he asked them, and they were friends. So rich boy was like, "Sure, I'll give you the money." He wrote him a check. And it was how much? I I think it was only it was less than two thousand dollars. I know that much. It was maybe around fifteen hundred. Uh, but yeah, uh, apparently, uh, Cracky never paid it back. And also, Cracky too. After I left, he became an assistant manager, and he got fired because I think he took like a few hundred dollars from the drawer, and the drawer kept coming up short. And he told me whenever he told me the story. After I ran into him at the Walmart, like maybe, I don't know, six months after he got fired, he was like, yeah, I was going to put it back. And I was like, no, you weren't. You weren't going to put it back. I mean, if you're skipping money from the till, you never go put it back. Um, I just remember coming into work and they were changing the locks and they were like, yeah, he's no longer an assistant manager here. And I was just like, oh, okay. Well, he did work very hard and it got to the point where um, Rich Boy uh, sued uh, Crack Cracky. I want to call him crackhead and then by his first name but i can't put his first name on the show uh but yeah they he sued him he was like yeah i'm taking him to court and it was like small claims court i was like bro i've never understood that like when you sue somebody and you know that they don't have any money i'm like how are you going to get the money i guess garnish the wages but i guess it was just to prove a point but yeah that was definitely some some drama i just remember that unfolding and yeah, good old rich boy uh, Siegman there. Man, all I'm saying is you can't get blood from a stone. You can't get money from broke neither. So um, our last person. So I did. I didn't like this last person. Chris will tell you he was a salesman as well. Chris, I'm gonna have you started so it, it don't start out with uh, with me just talking bad. Well, his name was Corbin, and that was actually his real name. And he was like a really short dude. Uh, like, and I'm I'm short, but he was shorter than me. Like, he was a small dude uh, and he was like balding and uh, i guess he like bull rode but i think that was like not really true because i did he have like a fake belt buckle was that right or was that somebody else that had a fake belt buckle no that was that was a different guy which we should totally tell about that in a in a different boot corral different part um different guy but this one so his dad was somebody i don't remember like i, I guess maybe breeded bulls or uh, horses or something. So he was connected rodeo-wise. And so they had this rodeo, and I just remember a bunch of people from Boot Corral are like, oh, yeah, we're going to go see him. We're going to go watch him ride a bull. 
and we were like, okay, cool. And it was over in New Mexico. I didn't go. I just remember the next day it was like, oh, yeah, howdy do. And everybody just kind of laughed. And that was the end of that. So it wasn't very well. And I don't think I ever heard about him doing that ever again. Well, Micah really did not like him. And I, the only other story I really remember about uh, Corbin was we were over at our buddy Adrian's house. And we were just hanging out, having a good time. I think we were playing like... Uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe or FIFA. We were playing some kind of video game and we're just hanging out, having a good time. And all of a sudden Corbin shows up and Mike is like, yeah, we need to go because I don't like this guy. And I was like, bro, what, what's his problem? I've never had a problem with him personally, but yeah, he, he liked to drink a lot. And uh, I don't know. I know he did like to cheat on his girlfriend a lot. So that, that was another thing too. Yeah, it wasn't really that. Really what got me was uh, we had been into a few arguments about that's my customer. No, that's my customer, which, of course, I'm going to say that I was right because I was. And, um, you know, after a while, that keeps happening after a good bit. Um, I'll just say commission-based selling is a high-pressure game. Chris will tell you it's it's high-pressure, and sometimes, uh, especially during the slow periods, you're, you're fighting for everybody possible, and you got people trying to, you know, steal it from you, and so there's a whole bunch of pressure there. And so, hey, you know, sometimes... I mean, after a while, somebody keeps trying to steal money out of your pocket. You get kind of mad about it. And so that's really what it was about. I, I ended up getting to know the guy through mutual friends. Shout out, Adrian, if you're listening. And, uh, you know, it was he was an all right guy off the sales floor. Like, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't like a bad guy to hang out with. But as far as, I guess, I had that disdain for him because of whatever. I mean, I remember one time it almost came to, like, fists between he and i it almost came to fisticuffs is what you're saying but uh that that environment was very toxic like it was where the boss it was really cutthroat and it was like a shark tank for real and the boss would stir up like all the other sharks and pit, pit them against each other and just try to make a bloodbath just to see who could make uh the store the most money and yeah it was not a healthy environment at all because people were stabbing each other in the back and it was just not a good place to work for at all it was a very toxic environment um as we've talked about before but yeah that's our old-fashioned donut so we're gonna jump right into the jelly donut which is the jail report all right man i got three stories for you here on the jail report are you ready yeah let's do it all right so these are older these are like from a few years ago i don't know if you've heard it but in milwaukee a man got uh, arrested for swearing on the bus. So, Mr. Duncan uh, apparently used two four-letter words starting with the letters F and S, and I'll let your mind fill in the blanks. He was given the fine after underco an undercover police officer overheard him ordering him off the bus. So, the undercover police officer heard him cussing, and then the police officer told him to get off the bus. So it wasn't that he was swearing at anyone. He was just merely having a conversation and he just used the at that as part of his, his vernacular. And he hadn't directed the words at anybody specifically. So it wasn't like he was cussing out the bus driver or cussing out any of the other riders. But I guess the undercover police officer was like, yeah, no, like get off the bus. You're not going to use any foul language. And he was fined apparently $500 for disorderly conduct. Uh, when Mr. Duncan went public with his intention to contest the fine, 
The Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department explained that they had a zero tolerance, po tolerance policy in regards to disorderly behavior on buses as it was an issue of quality of life for the area's citizens. So, how do you feel about that, man? Man, city of Milwaukee. Um, I mean, that, that's that's really interesting. Uh, what, what can you say? I mean, those upper Midwest areas, I mean, they're very, very clean cut. I could understand if he was like, using a whole bunch of it and just like having the mouth of a sailor but if he just only used like two words yeah like the f word is pretty bad especially if there's kids around and the s word's pretty bad but like if he was just using it in conversation and not like directing it anyone i don't see what the problem was all i'm saying is uh could you imagine somebody getting fined and you know ha having all this happen in like new york shout out new york listeners i mean y'all wouldn't have it i don't think because that's like everyday life or boston <laughs> that is everyday life man i i remember one time i was at a restaurant and i kind of had to tell a couple guys like hey man can y'all chill with the language because there were like kids around and they were using like every other word was like the f word but like for i feel like they overreacted i feel like maybe that uh undercover police officer had like a like a complex or something but yeah all right this next one a 12-year-old junior high student got arrested for writing on her desk. What? Yeah, she got arrested for writing on her desk. So, Miss Gonzalez, age 12, she got arrested for writing on her desk. Not only were the words relatively harmless, one scribble involved her name and the date, while another was about how much she loved her friends, but both could easily have been removed. Rather than punishing the student with a standard detention, the school opted to have her handcuffed and taken to a police station. And this was in New York City, by the way. Uh, Miss Gonzalez was held for a number of hours before being released. Ultimately, she ended up doing community service for eight hours and writing a book report coupled with an essay that illustrated what she had learned from the event. In retrospect, a spokesperson for the education department, Mr. Cantor, stated that the whole incident should have never occurred. Rather, common sense should have prevailed. I mean, I get defacing school property or whatever you want to call it, but she should have not been not only handcuffed and taken down to the police station, but then she had to do a book report and then community service. Like, just make her do a book report or community service. Like, I feel like that was going way overboard. Shoot, I wouldn't even make her do that because the thing is, <laughs> I mean, it said it was relatively harmless language, right? Like, it's not like she was, it was talking about how she loves her friends and stuff like that. I mean, my thing is, um, why can that not be handled in the school internally i mean even if you send them to the principal's office why couldn't the principal say okay you're cleaning off every desk in this classroom for the rest of the week or something like that consider that the punishment and move on but instead you know i mean they were they were trying the full scared straight method just because she wrote on some desk i mean maybe the school had problems with like graffiti and defacing school property and they wanted to make an example out of her but i mean Back in my day, and not to sound old, whenever we had textbooks, man, they were full of drawings of inappropriate things and cuss words. You go to the bathroom, there's cuss words all scribbled into the stall. Like, yeah, it's that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. Yeah, you learn a lot of things in public school because of the scribbles on the wall. Anyways. Yeah, I'm not, this is not that segment, but tie your shoes because you trip in New York City. All right. This last and final story, a man got arrested for selling milk. Can you believe that? He got arrested for selling milk. A milkman. Okay, why'd he get arrested? Well, to make it worse, he's Amish. So in this was, this was back in 2010. Federal agents stormed an Amish farm at 5 a.m. in the search of milk. 
The Fed suspected that farmer Mr. Allegor had violated the Public Health Services Act by selling raw milk. For his offense, he was facing a seizure and or injunction. Mr. Allegor had been part of a movement in natural food that was promoting traditional means of food production that connected farmers directly with customers. This created a conflict between the farmer and federal food regulators. The federal agents looked in Mr. Allegor's cooler and freezer area, taking numerous pictures while keeping him from being able to work. Advocates for raw milk say it is healthier than store-bought milk and insist that factory farming and the foods pro produced make people sick. Whether that's true or not was of no regard, however, as the law prohibits the sale of untreated milk. And in a similar incident, a farmer also had his farm swamped by federal agents who fined him for more, more than $4,000 and confiscated his equipment for distributing unpasteurized milk. So he didn't follow any of the food regulations and he was Amish and he was just selling it straight to people on the streets. He was like, hey, psst, come here. It's like, I'll sell you some milk. And then, I mean, that's a big no-no, not following the food, the FDA. Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to that, man. I mean, the the bad part is in the, I mean, we're not here to get into all the stuff, but the government really controls a lot of agriculture and food production and what gets put out and things like that. I mean, I've I've even heard about people getting, like, like the mass production chicken farms, and they get run off their farms by the feds because they're not doing what they're supposed to according to the FDA and all this other stuff, and they got their hands all in it. So it's, it's kind of a risky business, but at the same time, if you're a farmer and you know that you have to abide by certain rules, I mean, abide by the rules. It's not, you know, it's a two-edged thing there. I mean... If you know that the FDA is going to make certain things happen, then, I mean, you got to follow those or expect feds at your door. Here's here's my thing. Them FDA regulators, they need to stop going after the Amish milk farmers. They need to be hitting up them Taco Bells, bro, because we all know that them Taco Bells don't be following the food regulations. You know they be giving you some expired meat, and we don't even know if it's real meat, bro. You know that they don't be following that. I've heard stories of people saying, oh yeah, we just had to change the stickers on the Taco Bell meat because it was expired. You know they need to be hitting up them Taco Bells. I'm telling you right now. They they just want they just want that cheap food coming out. That's what they want. That's what they're trying to do. That's, that's where Taco Bell comes in. <laughs> Taco Bell be messing me up. But anyways, that was our jail report jelly donut and we're gonna move on to our next segment which is the donut hole all right man uh i hope you're ready to play a trivia game because i got one for you all right what's up i think you'll be able to do very well about this uh trivia because it's from our childhood the early 2000s one of my favorite eras man uh just because I grew up, I'm waiting for them to do throwback block parties, man. What you know how they do like throwback '80s parties? I'm ready to get my tall uh, tee and my fitted hat already, bro. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna show up to the barbecue. All right, so I got uh, a series of ten questions. They're multiple choice, and you have to see how much you remember about the early 2000s. Do you think you can get all ten for ten? Boy, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna say yes because I'm optimistic. All right, this one is an easy one. I'll give you a softball question here for the first one. Number one, pop star Michael Jackson passed away in which year? A, 2008, B, 2007, C, 2009, or D, 2006? 
Man, I don't remember which year he died. I just know, uh, hold on, I can think about this and figure it out. So I was in either 2008 or 2009. I'm gonna go 2008. And you are wrong. It is 2009. You were one year off, man. One year off. Um, so yeah. Yep, King of Pop right there. All right, question number two. Which year did Apple release the iPhone? Is it A, 2007, B, 2004, C, 2005, or D, 2002? 2005, pretty sure. No, sir, you are wrong again. It was 2007. Jeez. I don't know, bro. You're 0 for 2 right now. I'm not doing so hot right now. Maybe it's because I came into this game cocky, saying I would get all 10 for 10. All right, this one is a little bit more of a challenge, so maybe you'll be able to get it. Uh, here we go. Which book became the United Kingdom's best-selling novel in the early 2000s? A. Harry Potter B. The Da Vinci Code C. Twilight or D. Hunger Games You said early 2000s in England? So basically from 2000 to 2010 is when we're talking here. Do you want me to read the answers again? No, I'm going with Harry Potter. I don't know if it is, but I, I, that's what my gut tells me. You're wrong again. It is the Da Vinci Jeez. Code, man. Oh, over oh three. Code. The Da Vinci Code. Yep. Oddly enough, I guess that Harry Potter one was one to throw you off. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's see if you can get your first one right here. In 2005, this big website was launched and it changed the way we view videos. What was it? A. YouTube. TiVo. B. Vimeo. C, YouTube, or D, Skype? I'll go with YouTube. You gotta let me finish reading the answers, man. Uh, <laughs> it is YouTube. You're right. You're right. You're right. Good job. I'm making a comeback. G-O-O-D-J-O-B. Good job. Good job. All right. Number five. We're halfway there. Which children's movie did Tim Burton direct in 2005? A, Nightmare Before Christmas. B, Coraline. C, Sweeney Todd, or D, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? You said what year was it? 2005. It's either Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Nightmare Before Christmas, because I know they came out real close together. Um, but I think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory came out first, so I'm going with that. You're right, man. Uh, and actually, Nightmare Before Christmas came out in the 90s, pretty sure. So, yep. Did it? Oh, maybe I am thinking of Coraline. Or did they make a remake shortly after that? Because I thought watching um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, there was like a commercial for it to get it on DVD, but I don't know. I don't remember. Keep going. It is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so you're right. Uh, basically, any movie with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter is the uh, is Tim Burton directed. All right, here we go. Number six. In 2005, which month did Green Day want to be waking up when it ends? A. September B. October C. November or D. December You said Green Day? Yeah, they say wake me up when which month ends? Oh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, October? I think it's October. No, it's September. Wake me up when September. You can't mention the early 2000s without mentioning Green Day. They were like phenomenal. As bad as it is, I know American Idiot, and that's about it. All right, cool deal. All right, you'll probably get this one right. Number seven, which two fashion brands emerged out of the early 2000s? Fashion brands. A, Versace and Liz Taylor. B, Sean John and FUBU. C, Wrangler and Levi's. Or D, Gucci and Nike. Sean John and FUBU. 
You are correct, sir. Damon Johns would be proud of you. <laughs> All right, you've got three more questions left. And this one's an easy one. You better know this growing up in Georgia. Which Atlanta rapper had a major breakout from 2000 to 2007? A, Tupac, B, 50 Cent, C, Snoop Dogg, or D, Little John? Little John, for sure. Yeah! All right, that is right. It is Little John. All right, two more. Number nine. Which 2000s TV show was about tours of famous people's houses? A, Extreme Makeover Home Edition, B, Chip and Joanna Gaines, C, Cribs, or D, Flavor of Love? It's Cribs. Yep, you are right. Man, I wish they would bring that show back. We we need that show. If you've never seen Cribs, you need to go watch it because it's great. This is where the magic happens. Do people still use the word crib? I don't I don't think so. I wish they did, though. That's, that's my crib. I still use it. Yeah. Last one. This one's a little bit more of a challenge. All right. In 2008, which actor won an Oscar even though he was dead? A, Bernie Mac, B, Paul Newman, C, Charlton Heston, or D, Heath Ledger? I'm going to go with D, Heath Ledger. You are correct. He did win it for um, The Dark Knight, and so he had already passed away. He was actually the second human uh, in history to win an Oscar after he had died. So he was a dead person that won an Oscar, and there's only one other person. I don't know who the other person was before him, but yeah, that's a fun fact, man. Yeah, so cool deal. Early 2000s, man. Uh, what was your favorite part of the early 2000s? Rap music, for sure. It's a good era for that. Like, especially, you know, I used to say 05 to like 2010, but I mean, really, I even like 2000 all the way to 2010. I mean, I like the whole decade for the most part. Yeah, it was a good time for rap music. And I think I like the fashion and just seeing the technology evolve because technology kind of evolved really quickly. Um, in that era from 2000 to 2010, I mean, granted, we had we had iPhones by 2007, so the first iPhone. Yeah, and you have to think, I mean, we, we literally saw the little handheld cell phones with the little antennas to flip phones to then by the time 2010, the very first, I mean, they were incredibly expensive, but the first touchscreens were coming out, and now touchscreen's the standard. I mean, um, I saw the other day phone shopping you can literally buy one for $19.99 and it's touchscreen which is just crazy to think about yeah smartphones were were like the thing at the end of 2010 and now they're just everybody has a smartphone everybody has a smartphone so yep i actually want to go back to the ones with the slide up keyboard where you could text that i love those oh that was great that was great. I remember um, I had a BlackBerry for like a very small amount of time, and the keyboard was great. And then uh, the little sidekicks—they were—they were great. Yeah, if you had a BlackBerry, that was like the business phone. You were a business person if you had a BlackBerry. Um, so cool deal. Well, that was our donut hole, and we're gonna segue into what fries my donuts. And Michael, what fries your donuts? Well, we are gonna do flying part two, and I'm just gonna preface this: I love flying. Um, the actual act of flying. It is just some of the things that happen that just fry my donuts about flying. And so we're going to get into it. Last time we talked about what happens in the airport and whatnot. This time I'm going to talk about what happens on the plane. So Chris, the very first thing I absolutely can't stand and it fries my donuts to no end when you're getting on the plane 
you know, and first of all, when they're scanning the little tickets and doing the little order, you know, for some reason, they scan people way too fast. Like, literally, you get all excited, you go up there, you scan your ticket, you're like, great, I'm going down the jetway, just to literally go down the door, and you're maybe two steps down the door, and literally, there's, like, 50 people in front of you. And you're sitting here going, well, I gotta wait my turn going down this thing. And then you get on the plane. Here's what really gets me. You've waited all this time. There's a long line behind you. And there's a gentleman or lady putting a bag in the overhead compartment. But now they're unzipping and starting to grab things out of the bag. Even though they've had all this time in the jetway and in line and before boarding to grab these said items. No, no, no. We waited until there's somebody behind us. Oh, a whole line of people and a plane waiting to leave in order to grab these items. Have you ever been in this situation? Yeah, I hate that. I'm like, bro, just like you should have got your stuff out and just sit down because you're holding up the boarding process. And we all know whenever you hold up the boarding process, then you're going to have to wait to take off. And I'm just like, bro, like everybody just get in your seat. Just sit down especially in atlanta or like a major airport if even if you're like five ten minutes off it just throws everything off and you can be very late because of it so that was that was one thing um i experienced that several times flying the last time and i was sitting here going don't you understand there's a whole line of people behind you but anyways um the also what was happening on one of the flights uh, why do people not listen to flight attendants I mean, they do this all day, every day. This is their job. They don't get on the intercom and say stuff for nothing, right? And so I, I get on the plane, and from the moment I start boarding, they're repeating over and over, this plane's overhead bins. You can't put the bag sideways. Make sure they're either on their front or on their back, but you can't put them sideways. They kept saying it over and over and over. What kept holding up the boarding process? Because you would take a couple steps forward, and then some yahoo would put their bag in there sideways. Then here comes the flight attendant going, no, 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 we got to put it sideways. Now you have to take two steps back because now they're futzing with something that was two steps behind you because you done moved forward. And it just messes up the whole entire process. And by the time I took my seat and watched the rest of the plane board, the same thing happened over and over and over again. And it just took so long because people were not paying attention to what the flight attendants were saying. And it was just messing everybody up. And I don't understand it. Like, I mean, it's not hard to listen, in my opinion. But your thoughts on that, Chris? Do you feel like we, as the general uh, population, we should speak up and say something? Be like, hey, bro, they just said to not put it in there sideways, stupid. Like, don't call them stupid, but just be like, hey, like, they just said that. Like, don't put it in there sideways. Like, I feel like if we said something like that, then people might listen but then again people might not listen out of spite see and the problem is um i used to feel like yeah people should say stuff like that but how things have been going especially after covid when it comes to like getting on planes there's been people getting off like when fights and you know what what if you say that and homie swings on you because the, the problem is like if you get in a fight on a plane even if the guy swings on you i mean tsa is grabbing both of you you're not making that flight it's a whole big problem you know, so I don't know. It's kind of tough to say. Um, oh, something else, man. This this one really fries my donuts. People talking on speakerphone, like, you know, we're at the gate. They're sitting here. They're talking on their phone on speakerphone in a plane full of people, or they're listening to their music out loud during flight. 
Like, no headphones. And by the way, they were handing out free headphones. I mean, they weren't the best quality headphones, but they were free headphones. And people were listening to their music out loud. That's that's just messed up, man. I don't. I really don't understand why people would would be. I mean, that's really inconsiderate, uh, especially because the one that I'm mentioning right now, this was a night flight. So, I mean, we weren't landing until about one in the morning. So, most of the people they turned off the lights. Most of the people are sleeping, and um, I tell you, and the dude kept listening to the same song over and over and over. You know that song? It's like jump around, jump around. You know that one. Literally kept listening to that one like on repeat, like the whole entire flight, and it's just it's just like and people did say something to him was like, do you mind turning that off? And they're like, and he was just he just like ignored him, crazy. Um, my last one here, using the improper armrest. What happened to common courtesy on flights? Chris, do people not know what the proper armrest is? I don't know. I just kind of like. I don't know. I just sit there all tight and just like I don't move at all. But I I don't know. People just be all up in your Kool Aid and it's it's frustrating. See, I'm a big guy. Okay, I'm a big guy. For those of you who don't know, I'm six four. You know, uh, I'm a little little hefty at the moment, like two thirty five. So I spread out pretty good, and I've got really long legs and whatnot. But my thing is, I I know, you know, I'm most of the time I'm sitting in the window seat. But the outside armrest, like the one that is sitting next to the window, that's your armrest. And the one next to you, on your right-hand side, that is your neighbor's armrest. And so most of the time when you're flying in the window seat, it doesn't matter, right? Because homie's taking his armrest like he should. It's only when you're sitting in the middle um, or on the outside and they're shoving you off an armrest, it's not fun. So... Um, but I digress. I see that happen all the time. And then, uh, I literally saw some people fighting over an armrest at one point. Like literally they were like shoving their arms off and then they ended up calling the flight attendant and they were like, that's my armrest. Can you tell them that's my armrest? And it's like, I even told the flight attendants, you know, they were walking around after the flight and I said, I don't, I don't see how you do this. This, that would just drive me nuts. Stuff like that would just drive me nuts after a while. And she's like, it's every flight. She's like, it's, it's all the time always happens i'll tell you the one that that is my number one i hate whenever you're flying bro whenever they're trying to taxi into the to the runway and people still standing up and i'm like bro like you're in the back of the plane why are you standing up like just let people go by row just let them dismiss and all these people are standing up like trying to get in there and i'm like bro like you're not at the front of the plane sit your behind down yeah no and that always happens man everybody stands up and like normally i like sitting towards the back of the plane by the way uh back of the wings safest part if if anything happens anyways um you like to sit there and everybody stands up and they're already like grabbing their bag from the overhead bed and what ends up happening is they end up standing there for the next 15 20 minutes looking like an idiot because you know and here i am sitting here reading sky mall i wish sky mall was still a thing but they're out of business now um but there I am sitting there going, these guys are idiots. I totally get you. i tell you one more before we end this. Kids. I, I, I always get plagued with kids, man. Toddlers or something. Kicking the back of my chair. Or screaming in my ear. I don't know why. It always happens. But anyways, I'll get off that before we talk forever. So what's the next segment, Chris? Alright, it is our Mystery Donut, which is our improv segment. And we are going to do our free improv as we have 
normally done, but we haven't done it in a couple weeks. So, we have a couple accents. So, which accent are we picking out of the hat today? Oh, man, we have our Asian accent. All right, Asian accent, and we will do it on registering your kid for the first day of school. Because we just had back to school not too recently, and I know a lot of people went back to school after Labor Day, uh, which was this past Monday. So, yeah, lucky people. So, we will be Asian Registering your kids back to school. Now, I will say this is a comedy sketch. It does not reflect the Asian people or how we feel about the Asian people or the views of Trash Can and its affiliates or the people that we work for. Good. I think I got that out of the way. Hopefully, that disclaimer will cover us. It should. So, don't take offense. Just laugh. You want to start, Chris? Yeah. Here we go. Three, uh, two, one. Oh, Junior, you better get ready for the first day of school. Where your new Nikes at? I bought you those new Nikes yesterday. You better wear them for the first day of school. Oh, this school, it's not very nice. What side of town we moved to? Look, all these people, they not cool. They don't have no money. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know if we go here. We go look at private school. Oh, yeah. I heard the GPA, the highest GPA, only 3.9 this year. Oh, it gotta be have 4.0 GPA all across the board for my daughter to go here. You call this music department? There's no orchestra. There is no nothing. You don't have violin, no cello, nothing. Little Junior, Little Junior, you better turn off your PS4 off right now. And you better go ready to go to school. Because guess what? I know that it's a week before school starts, but we got to get ready to practice to go to school because I'm not going to be waking you up, dragging you up at 3 a.m. when you should be up at 2.30, making me, helping me make donuts. Oh, you, you now turn eight. When do you join the track team? You join track team very soon. You not do enough extracurricular activity. Mr. Kwan, you know what I tell my doctor? I tell her, you know what? You know doctor yet? I don't talk to you till you doctor. That's what I tell my kid too. I say, you know good enough. You know do extracurricular. Y you know what my daughter say? She tell me the most disgraceful thing ever. She tell me that she want to go to Yale instead of Harvard. Oh, you know what my son say? He said, oh, I go be medical doctor from Dart Dartmouth. You ever heard Dartmouth? No, oh, in that community college? That community college. I heard that. I saw that advertised online with DeVry University. That in Corral. I tell them, if you're going to go there, you must go to Clown College because you a clown. <laughs> I can't handle it. <coughs> you got me choking uh, the old smokers right, here. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> there you go. So we are going to do our eclair, which is our positive advice. And I'm going to let you go first, man. All right. My eclair for this week. So... It's, it's a little cliche, and some of you may have heard this term, but you just have to remember sometimes that calm seas don't make a good sailor. And, oh boy, I'm going to be very transparent with you guys. This week has been a doozy. I mean, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. And by the time this episode hits, I'm talking about the previous week, but man, it's been absolutely crazy. But you know what? I firmly believe that it's um, preparing me for something else. And, you know, I know we all go through hard times, but the thing is, you're not going to be able to get to certain places that you want to go without rough seas and knowing how to navigate through them. So just uh, just navigate through the season, man, and it's, it's all going to be good. And you're going to be a great sailor, and the next time a storm comes, shoot, 
you'll be able to navigate it no problem. Good word, good word. Mine is going to be, um, you know what? Sometimes we got to humble ourselves and we got to know when to apologize because um, nobody really likes someone that never apologizes or say that I'm sorry. Now, I'm going to preface that by saying, I don't think you should apologize whenever you know, you know, hands down that it's not your fault. But apologizing is such a big thing. And whenever you make that first move and you're humble enough to apologize and to say that you're sorry, uh, it, it speaks volumes and it makes uh, it makes a big deal because not a lot of people know how to say I'm sorry anymore or to admit, hey, you know what? I messed up and that's my bad. That's on me. Um, so just if it's time to apologize, you make a mistake, own it and apologize. And, you know, sometimes things can't be fixed by saying I'm sorry. Sometimes things have to be fixed over time, but I, I'm sorry is a good way to start. Um, so just, you know, if you messed up, say I'm sorry. Uh, and that's pretty basic. But we are about to sign off. Hey, go check out our video when it pops out. It's going to be called uh, tra TV Trash Can. Sorry, Trash Can TV's Night at Wrestling, Dwarf Wrestling. So check that out. Uh, where can they go find us at? TVTrashCan.com. That's TVTrashCan.com. We'll put that up there. We'll also post on social media and let you know when it drops. That way you can go check it out and do all the good stuff. Like, subscribe, have a good time on our website. And uh, we enjoy having you guys. And there's plenty of great content on there. And we'll keep adding more and more all the time. Yep. So you guys go check that out. Well, it is time to close up shop and take this donut box out to the trash. So... I'm Chris. And I'm Michael. And we will hear from you guys next time. Have a wonderful week. See y'all.